Music good. <laughs> Craig like music. Do not trust my opinions. My music sucks. sucks. Don't go pay attention to it. I'm very thankful for how much pop I have on my top ten. Because uh, six years ago, seven years ago, Craig would have been like, man, Craig, Craig got soft. Because I was in like a fucking metal band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like ten years ago, I would have not even like touched like half of these albums. I think that's a pretty good oh, testament yeah. to how old we've gotten. <laughs> I'm bummed that I don't have any like female musicians in my top ten now that I'm looking at it. Ugh! Why do we even have you here? Hello and welcome to the EduPunks Podcast. This is your host, Craig Bideman, here giving you a special new feature of the podcast. This is our first attempt at creating a uh, monthly music review section of the podcast. Um, We are calling it In Between Spins. Uh, It is a partnership between me and my friend Jacqueline O'Connell. Each week we will bring on uh, a new friend or just someone from the music industry, from vinyl Instagram, from our friends that make music, our friends that are in record labels all, all over the world. Just people we really like talking to about music. And this is our first one and for this first episode we are talking about our favorite our favorite albums of the year 2017 our top 10 albums so the focus of this is specifically on sharing new music that came out in the year 2017 this isn't like the regular interview a uh, podcast that I've been doing a lot in the past. This is something completely new. Uh, I initially was planning on changing uh, the format of the podcast this this year, uh, this season, uh, by doing three episodes and then taking a week off, but decided that with that quote-unquote week off, we would just do a music episode. Why not? I mean, this is a punk podcast. Uh, music is a big part of the podcast in general. There's always a big music break. And today you're going to get a couple music breaks instead of ads. Uh, I don't sell ads. You all know that. Uh, Every every space, everything I do here is free of charge. I'm not making any money off of any of this. Just sharing music, just sharing information, just sharing our opinions on that music. And you just heard some tunes from the new Can't Swim album. Uh, So spoiler alert, that's going to come up later on in the conversation. And just after this, you'll hear a little piano lick from our friend Julian Baker, which again, another spoiler alert. But hey, we're going to talk a lot about music on this episode. I hope you enjoy it. We have our friend Chris Rosanina chatting with us today uh, from New 
Bedford, Massachusetts. You're going to hear from him a lot today on this episode and later in the week when we publish part two because there's it's it's long. There's a lot to talk about, but we wanted to break it up. So you're going to get our 10 through 4 today, and then later in the week you will get our top three as a standalone conversation. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got now. The next time you'll hear from me by myself is just in introducing the, uh, a few snippets of songs you're going to hear. You're going to hear about 30 to 45 seconds of some songs uh, from albums that we liked. And that's really all that you're going to hear from me today other than this entire conversation. So I'm not going to talk anymore because you're going to hear enough from me. So let's get to the conversation right now. Very excited to have two of my very good friends uh, joining me this week just to talk about music that we loved in the year of our Lord, L-O-R-D-E, year of our Lord, 2017. Uh, I've got my friend Jacqueline O'Connell. Jacqueline? Hello. Hey. And I got my buddy Chris Rosanina. So. Suh? Did you say suh? Suh. Chris, we've been over this. Sod it. Oh, Chris. <laughs> I'm fighting uh, pretty, okay? Oh, yeah. Um, so, why don't you both tell folks uh, a little bit about yourselves, starting with Jacqueline. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Jacqueline McConnell, as Craig said. Thank you, Craig, for having us. And uh, so we are all avid vinyl collectors, which is how we know each other, which is wonderful um, on the gram. And I'm glad this was able to come together. I mean, I work in music, so I listen to a ton of music, um, just like Craig does <laughs> with his 200 LPs of the year. Uh, I don't even know if I listen to that much music. But I work for 6100 Records. I'm the marketing director there. And then I also work in marketing at a artist management and publicity firm called Brixton Agency. And yeah, uh, this is really exciting. <laughs> and Chris, why don't you tell folks uh, a little bit about you? Um, so similar thing, uh, we're all vinyl collectors. Um, I do a little bit of, uh, concert photography because I'm musically inept to make music. So I might as well document other people doing music. Um, big kind of music vinyl nerd have been for years. Um, and I'm really honored that Craig decided to let me do this with him. Well, yeah, you were really one of the, like Jacqueline and I were talking about doing something like this and we were like, let's, you know, Chris should, I guess, do this too. Cause y'all were sharing lists. We were all sharing lists and we're like, let's like fucking talk about our lists. All right, let's get into this. So what we're going to do, all three of us have our top tens, either written down on a piece of paper the back cover of a Sudoku or in an Evernote. Um, <laughs> some of us are more organized than others. But as Jacqueline said, I also just wrapped up a massive top 200 LPs list. So I have a lot of stuff that I've written about all 10 of these albums. And I might refer to that while I while we go through this. The, I think we decided before 
uh, we really started recording, that uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go in order, 10 through 1, each of us sharing which album, and a little bit about why, and if any of us agree or have anything to say, we can interject, uh, but we'll go 10, 9, 8, all of us sharing, having a conversation, and then we'll leave it at that, and with some final thoughts. All right, Jacqueline, would you Jacqueline, would you like to get us started? Sure. So number 10 on my list was, and actually is, is higher up than I would have guessed for some, 10 years ago, my, myself would have been very disappointed in myself at 28. But uh, <laughs> my number 10 is Converge, The Dusk in Us. And that is because I just didn't have like a major connection to it, but I still loved that. I thought it was still a very well-produced album. I thought it was really well-written and I loved it. It just, I, it just didn't connect with me like some of their other albums have. So that's why it's at number 10, but not that I need to justify that, but. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Chris, you have a shin piece of Converge. So you have some thoughts on Converge and I think you're going to be talking about them a little bit later. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why I didn't want to interject yet because. That's uh, fine. I'm going to save it for uh, my section on Converge. All right. I mean, they are, I mean, that's why it's also kind of surprising. They are my, like, you know, top three favorite bands of all time. And I have, like, two Converge tattoos. That's why it was a little surprising for me. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I was surprised at myself, I guess. And, like, 22-year-old me would be a little disappointed. But, you know, <laughs> that's just kind of how I felt. And that's how the, the cookie crumbled. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I've had some of my favorite bands drop things. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I actually like this. Yeah. And, like, the fact that you're being honest about it and be like, Oh, like, I feel like I see so many people who are just like, well, this is my favorite band, so it's my favorite album this year. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's fair to just put them in a, on a pedestal. I mean, um, I, I mean to, to clarify, I think that, you know, and this is no, no offense to anybody involved here on this, on this podcast, I, uh, I, I stopped doing the whole ranking thing because I thought it was very, you know, reductive to, and, and it took away from the value of overall music. Yeah. And, um, so this was, I mean, this was, I didn't, you know, as you guys saw on my, on my Instagram, I didn't rate mine. Like I didn't put them yep. in, a, in a ranking. Um, you know, so this was hard when we were like, okay, let's do a top 10. And I was like, well, shoot, how am I going to do this? Because <laughs> you kind of just, what, you posted like 36? Uh, 48. 48. God, I knew it was a factor of 12. Yeah. And, and you know, I put this like nice little graphic together. I was like, this is fun. And it was really relaxing for me. And like, I was like, this is what I want to do from now on. And, <laughs> you know, and I, I like sat down to do this top 10 and I was like having, I was like, it was very tumultuous for me. <laughs> and I yeah, was over there. <laughs> I was over there obsessing for seven weeks. <laughs> I know, it's, it's tough. This was my first year actually ranking albums, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, like anything between, like, 50 and, like, 25 could have been, like, switched. And even as I'm sitting down looking at my list right now, I'm like, you know, this could have been 13, and, like, I could have rotated things around. And I'm just like, eh, yeah, this, is, this yeah. is my list. Yeah, like, I like yeah. that thing. But... I, I had to pick 10 and it was yep. really difficult to like sit down and like rank things. Chris, what was your 10? <clears throat> My 10 was a uh, Grammy nominated, uh, Kendrick Lamar's damn. Oh, um, I, uh, for a good chunk of the year, it was like my favorite hip hop album, but I actually have a couple more ahead of it now that mm-hmm. grew on me throughout. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I was kind of hesitant to see what he was going to follow Butterfly with, but um, I think he created his most like accessible album. Mm-hmm. It might not be his best, but damn, does that album slap! Damn, damn. <laughs> um, it was it just missed my top ten. So spoiler alert: it was actually my number twelve, and on earlier drafts, it was higher. Um, but I continued to compare it against other albums and it eventually dropped and to pimp a butterfly was my favorite album of 2015. And so I had, I had pretty high hopes for it, but I also honestly did not expect him to release an album this year. Um, so when he, when it came out, when it will, when it came out, I just wasn't ready for, I wasn't in the mental space for it. So I had to like convince myself, okay, no, there's a new Kendrick album. I need to listen to it. Um, so uh, I end, I ended up loving it. I think that Humble got the attention it deserved um, at the Grammys, at least, but almost maybe too much. Um, but still, the the album is is pretty well, um, pretty solid from beginning to end, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Do you I have any? Like I said, it's, oh. it's probably his like most accessible. It's- it's something I'd probably give to somebody that's never listened to him before. Just like, here, you're probably going to like the whole thing and then go from there. Yeah, that's fair. Did you have any thoughts on that one, Jacqueline? Uh, it's on my list, so we'll get to that. Yeah. All right. My number 10 uh, is my girl, Julian Baker. Um, Julian. Julian, a 6131 uh, alumna. alumna. Uh, turn turn out the lights was the devastating album we expected, <laughs> um, and for someone who is five foot nothing, she sounds larger than life on this album, and it's it it's truly one of those great things you hear from someone that you know personally and care for personally, and you hear um, a lot of their personal influences come through in this one is explicitly um, that uh, I was just really proud of the album that she put out and I thought it was really great. Um, I, I would have loved it to be a, a little bit higher, but that's where a lot of tinkering came in. <laughs> and I think both of you have thoughts on it for later though. <laughs> well, uh, well, my, that album ranked in, I want to say like around like, 18, 19 for okay. me. Um, I, I'm a little bit late to the Baker train. Um, the, the single that she drops at the beginning of 17, which is escaping my mind right now, which I... Appointments. No, not appointments. The, the, the seven oh. she released on Matador. Funeral Pyre and Distant yes. Solar Systems. Yes. Uh, Funeral Pyre was like the one that really hooked me in and then got me excited for this album. But um, I think it's phenomenal music. I really appreciate it. I'm actually going to see Julian in um, April in Providence. Um, but I think I don't have the emotional connection to her music. Yeah. But I greatly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, well, I'll go straight to number nine. Uh, my number nine was Tyler, the Creators with Scumbuck Flower Boy. Um, again, a couple years ago, if you would have told me this, 
I would have been confused as to why this was on my list, mostly because I was I was exposed to Tyler, the creator, when I was a high school teacher, like my high school students told me about him uh, six years ago, five or six years ago. And when they first played me a song by him, I was like, I do not like this um, <laughs> at all. And I think what happened was he grew up a little bit, came out with a little bit more of a mature sound. Um by virtue of, I think, his friend Frank Ocean and a couple other influences um, came out on the album, which is really cool to hear. But it's also just, like, really great to see him being, like, authentic in his... He's, like, kind of reinventing his own masculinity, especially even as we saw him dress at the Grammys last night. Like, dude was dressed pretty darn queer, to be honest. (laughs) And I was really glad to see that sort of representation from him yeah hell yeah hell yeah i really feel like i don't want to talk too much about it because uh he's also in my top 10 um but i love what he has done especially with his image and his mind because he does a lot of like other ventures outside of music and i think for somebody very young like that he's i'm pretty sure he's younger than all three of us Mm -hmm. and I think he's 26. I'll just say, I'll just say 26, but like he has a clothing line. He has like a a click. He has a TV show. Like Mm -hmm. do the genius. Um, I don't have any comment because I didn't listen to that album. (laughs) That's fair. That's totally fine. Uh, What did you put at number nine? Uh, Number nine was on my list. Kobila's take me apart. Which was fan motherfucking tastic mm, it was a good one and she did this interview with um i heard radio like on youtube and she like teared up in it talking about like you know what the album's about and like her experiences and so i really recommend that people google that and watch that she was just she's just and i'm following her on instagram is so inspirational she's just a you know seems like such a wonderful human being aside from the fact that she makes fantastic music mm-hmm. so i was very much in love with that album this year or last year dang did you listen to that one chris i actually listened to a few tracks off of it today while i was driving around for the first time and really enjoyed it um i really have nothing much more to say because it was like something that flew under my radar, but the second I started to listen to it, I was just like, yeah, this this is something I would listen to quite often. I'm kind of sad that I didn't pay attention to it early in the year. It kept coming up on a lot of, um, so I, when I do, a lot of people ask how I do my, since I listen to a bunch of stuff all year, I have like a shit ton of playlists on Spotify and I sort them by genre and mood and whatever. Cause I'm eccentric as hell. And she would always come up in my like hip hop R and B one. And every time it would come up, I would be like, Oh fuck, I'm just going to put on this album now. <laughs> like a random song would come up. I'm like, I'm just going to listen to the album. Like I'm at work and that would happen. Um, it's really good. Really chill, like sensual. So, Hey, there's some sirens. Yeah. Sorry guys. We're it's because of the busy street. <laughs> Kalila is so friggin'. Um, on fire. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I also live near a fire department and a hospital. That's awesome. <laughs> in New York City, so it's kind of loud. <laughs> Chris, what do you got at nine? So my number nine is Kevin Morby's City Music. 
Hmm. Um, it was like, it pretty much might have been like my summer album. Um, it was just something I would listen to while driving a lot, and I just felt it was perfect for driving. It kind of just reminds me of like being in the city alone, like sitting at a bar, just kind of like sipping a drink. But um, that's where the the city alone thing. Um, as Craig knows, I live about an hour south of Boston, and I go to a lot of concerts. So. I tend to just take that hour drive by myself alone uh, back down south, and so it's usually just me and music, and it was just something I would listen to on the drive a lot, and just, it was just great music. It was just an album I greatly enjoyed. I'll be honest, it was one that I missed initially, but when folks started sharing their lists, I went and listened to it. And it didn't strike me enough to impact my list, but I did enjoy what I heard. And he recently teamed up with Waxahachie, correct? I believe so, yeah. For like a two-song thing? I'm excited to hear what that sounds like. I didn't really even know that was a full year thing. I think I just saw that like somewhere and I just... I think it was just within the last couple of days. Yeah. I know. I was actually pretty upset because um, I got into Kevin Morby um probably in like june and he had played boston calling and i missed his set because i really wasn't like aware of who he was like i remember seeing him on a bunch of people's like 2016 lists and i was like oh i should check this out at some point did you get to that one jacqueline i i was gonna say no i did not <laughs> it's really are, chill stuff it's there, chill stuff. there are a few albums i mean i i know your lists because i follow you guys on instagram and you've already revealed them but there are actually a few on on either of your lists that both of your lists i did not i just didn't even listen to um not for not you know not to just like be you know i'm not gonna listen to that but mainly just because i was listening to so many other things and also you know, a lot of albums came out in like that, you know, quarter four of last year. That oh, just like, wow. You know, I was spending time trying to figure out like what I really loved about 2017 and like what was really good in music. And so some of them that came out in like December was like, I don't, I don't know if I can give you some attention right now kind of thing. Yeah, that's fair. I would say just to uh, hammer uh, Jacqueline's point away, it was just like, it was like really tough to decide like a cutoff point of like, all right, can I really enjoy an album that I've only listening to two weeks and where do I actually rank it? Yeah, it's hard. And, and for me, uh, by December, because, I mean, I give myself a couple weeks into January to kind of catch up. By December, I kind of have a good idea of the things I liked to compare new stuff to. So if I'm going through an album and I'm like, um, this one really isn't hitting me as much as whatever, I can kind of tell where it would probably fall Cause like, this is what the fifth year I've done a massive fucking list. And so it's become sort of formulaic at that point. But, um, I totally get what you're saying. Cause there's a lot of stuff that just falls through the cracks. Yeah. Um, what did you have at eight, uh, Jacqueline? Um, at number eight, I had, uh, Miss Julian Baker turn off the lights. Nice. And, uh, you know, she, I was, I was expecting her to be a little bit higher up, but I think that's okay. Cause she's like, at, you know, she's at number eight. And, um, I thought that the album was a fantastic connection from sprained ankle. I know I'm totally biased because I work for the label <laughs> that put out sprained ankle, but, uh, <laughs> and I'm also, you know, Julian is very, a very sweet person and, um, have kind of a, you know, connection there, but, 
at any rate, I, this album, it just ties in nicely. And I think the, the best thing about it was if you weren't, you know, familiar with Jillian prior, you know, to like during the spring angle or even when she put out the seven inch. Um, I think that this was great because you could listen to this album and then go to Spring Dinkle and still feel a lot of that, you know, vulnerability and, and the songwriting is obviously top notch. So I thought it was a great connection from someone, you know, like myself, who is really, I love Spring Dinkle, like we listen to it all the time. And then to go to this was like such a treat. Um, but if you're seeing, you know, if you're hearing Julian Baker for the first time from Turn Out the Lights, you know, listening to Spine Angle and going into a back catalog is, is, it segues well back and forth, is what I'm trying to say. I feel it. I actually fully agree with that. Like, I can equally enjoy both albums. I will put on either or and get as much enjoyment from both. The thing that stood out to me a lot on the newest album is the entire album felt like one cohesive project. Whereas I, at times I felt like Sprained Ankle, they were, they were all song. Some of the songs didn't have the same production level. Whereas this album was beginning to end, like you were immersed in it. And that's what I really, I, I really enjoyed about the new album a little bit more than Sprained Ankle. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, Turn Out the Lights, like you said, you kind of just get fully immersed from start to finish. And I think that's also kind of like on the opposite side of that for Spring Angle. I think that having songs be, you know, just singular and by themselves and being able to just pick up a song and listen to it and be fully immersed in that one song as opposed to the full journey mm. of Spring Angle, I think mm-hmm. that it's like alternatively just as, as good. So I totally agree with that yeah. statement that like Turn Out the Lights, you are like eight like start number one you know all the way to the end you are totally immersed oh yeah 100 um my number eight is a band that uh even in how i listed it if you would have told me three years ago that uh, an album by hundredth would be in my top 10 i would have definitely laughed at you but hundredths rare was one of two albums in my top 10 that 100 percent surprised the hell out of me and they did what a lot of like, like title fight and ceremony have done hardcore bands shifting to gaze, uh, the shoegaze style that they did. It really, you really feel a lot of their hardcore style come through in it. And just the shifting to the airy vocals while still writing some of the catchiest fucking sh- like suffer and disarray are two of the songs when I would listen to them. I was like, I, I feel invincible listening to those songs. Which is such a weird thing to feel, especially like I would listen to this album a lot while running and it was just like, it would give me a lot of life. I don't know. I think Jacqueline, you at least mentioned it in your 48. Um, Yeah, it was definitely um, because I did like, um, it, it was definitely one of the albums that I reached for a lot in 2017. It didn't make my top 10. I probably, it's definitely in my top 15. It kind of just missed the cutoff. Um, if I were to rank 15, but, uh, it definitely, I agree. It was one of, one of a few albums this year, last year that really, really surprised me. And I was like, Oh, hundredth. Like I already have like a preconceived notion just like you did. And yeah, you know, 21 year old me would be like, what, what are you putting this on your list for? But yeah, I mean, it was a really good album and it was just, it was really well done, really well produced. And like you said, some of the songs just really just like take you away. Yeah. Chris, did you get to this one? I couldn't remember. 
listened to a little bit here and there, but I was never really a hundred fan. And the uh, the whole like punk bands going shoegaze thing is kind of hit or miss for me. Yeah. And it was just more of a miss than hit for me. That's cool. What did you have at eight? Eight, I had uh, Elder's uh, Reflection of a Floating World. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. Uh, total disclosure, uh, local band uh, making it big, so kind of like felt proud about them. Um, like seeing their evolution of like playing the local like bar slash like burrito shop and like like being high up on like metal festivals and being like massive in Germany like makes me makes me all proud but it's just phenomenal like proggy doom and post metal yeah there's a lot to there's a lot to love on that album yeah no it's it's such a smart album and like it's one of those albums that you can constantly listen to and just pick up new things out of it and they're just like they're pretty much like a, a doom metal like jam band and they're phenomenal but they're always one of my favorite bands to see and like since they're local i always get to see them in like tiny venues oh yeah i so i didn't uh, spend a lot of time with that album i mean i'm very i'm familiar with it and i you know i listened to a few songs off of it, off of it that i liked um but i don't think i'm really familiar with it so i think after this i'm going to put it on my uh, I have a private playlist on Spotify that's about 20 years long. That's like albums to visit that I like, you know, cycle through every once in a while. So I'm going to listen to it in full because it sounds like something I would like. And I liked the songs that I had heard. So I really loved the album because it, it, I, I held that album, the Paul Bearer album and Summoner all kind of on a similar level where they were all doing a lot of a lot of good stuff with the whole post metal style, and um, that's kind of where I'm where I'm gravitating more in the metal realm these days, rather than like the core, like metal core genre, which just feels way too oversaturated, um, and has for and has for a while. Yeah, I've always been a big metal person, so um, like I listen to a lot of like doom and death and just a little bit of everything, but that's just because my taste is eclectic. Like we went record shopping yesterday and <laughs> they were just like, what the hell are you buying? Seriously? We were checking out and the guy that works at Newbury comics who listens to a lot of stuff. I talk to him every time I go in there was like, wow, this is impressive. Cause Chris had like a Melvin's record, an AJJ record, uh, TLC, yeah, TLC. I, so I saw your Instagram and I, I messaged you, Chris, and I was like, yeah, TLC. It's like, <laughs> I mean, they were, I mean, I saw that and I was like, wow, I haven't seen someone with a TLC record in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that was the best thing I needed to grab for like, well, longest time. So it was like, seal time. Yes. Yeah. All right. Here's the first break of the first episode of In Between Spins. Hope you're enjoying the first few picks that we've discussed. Right now, I'm going to play you some tunes from the new Tyler, the Creator album, as well as 100th. You're going to hear Disarray right now from 100th, and then Where the Flower Grows by Tyler, the Creator. All right.
they shining on me. Simpson shining on me. Slick surface flow, bro. Off this world. Run it, run it, run it, yeah. I'm glow. Nigga, that's me, rooted from the bottom, blooming to a tree Took a little while, nigga, making leaves Keep it in my branches, family can eat Favorite color green, energy is strong Giving niggas life, birdie in the bees Dropping them seeds, not what you want You don't know what I keep in the trunk Alright, I hope you enjoyed those tunes from 100th and Tyler, the creator Now let's get back to this top 10 list well, uh, Jacqueline, what did you have at number seven? Number seven, I had, surprisingly, unsurprisingly, um, a six-month throw in release, Kindling's Hush. Kindling! Kindling! Boston's own! Or yeah. not Boston, Massachusetts' own. Yeah, Northampton. So they are, yeah, they're a shoegaze alternative band, if you're not familiar with them, and they are very cool, very kind people. Um, and yeah, Hush was like, exactly what I needed in 2017 I think it was just like I was so excited when I got you know the promo copy and like listened to it and it was just so well done and I was really excited for them because they're such a good band they work really really hard um I could gush about them all day so you should stop me but (laughs) (laughs) um I I it's just like was another touch on me because I listened to it all the time not only because it was like part of my job but also because I just loved it and like there are so many good songs and so many good riffs and if anyone like you know, like nothing or, you know, even wild honey. I think that like they even, you know, ride, I think that was totally in that category as well. If you love any of those bands, I totally recommend checking them out. Uh, We had Kindling. uh, We we got to feature Kindling on the podcast back in November when the album came out. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I got one of the last of one of the variants when I ordered my vinyl. So I was really happy about that. <laughs> yeah, for our, all our uh, vinyl collectors out there, we still have some of the very limited ones left. So I think we still have the, um, I think it's the the black and clear. That's like yeah. out, out of uh, 300 or 600. I forget. <laughs> folks, need to, folks need to get on that. They do, Chris, yeah. Chris, did you get uh, I'm going to need to get on that. Get on it. That. I, I uh, that's good. Yeah, no, I uh, I am familiar with Kindling. Like you said, they're a, a a Massachusetts band, so they tend to come through uh, Providence and Boston quite often. So I haven't gotten to see them, but I'm listened to a bunch of their earlier EPs and really enjoyed what they've done. Um, kind of when the album dropped, I really wasn't in a shoegaze headspace, so I didn't give it a proper proper shake. Um, I'm just going to have to kind of listen to it again in a little while. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, sorry. I have spoke really quick. I just actually, I, call, I said they're from Northampton. They're actually from East Hampton. I'm sorry. East, well, I mean, that, that's still Western Mass. You're okay. I know, it's all Western Mass, but I just wanted to clarify. It's all good. Um, my number seven is an album I don't think either of you featured on either of your lists, um, which is Can't Swim. Uh, their album Fail You Again. I actually came back to this album 
way more than I expected to come back to this album. And part of the reason why I ended up falling for this band is I saw them multiple times this year. I saw them three or four times in 2017 and they, they just put on such a great show and every time brought their songs to life and folks that aren't familiar, they're kind of like, um, they're kind of like Manchester orchestra meets like a little bit of a grittier Manchester orchestra, uh, Sorry, they're like a more, they're a grittier Manchester orchestra, not meets Manchester. That's stupid. Um, but they just feel like a grittier Manchester orchestra to me. And Manchester orchestra is one of my favorite uh, bands. You'll hear that a little bit later. But um, I just think they wrote some of the catchiest songs this year, as well as some of the most thoughtful lyrics that really um, made me think a lot about the sociopolitical um, stuff going on in the world. I mean, I've heard songs off of it, but nothing that really like made me want to listen to the album, which cool. I'm probably fucking up and should listen to the album. That's all good. I mean, I don't think it's going to be for everyone. Trust me, I don't think it's going to be for everyone. But maybe my number six, maybe my number six will uh, resonate with both of you because Phoebe Bridgers fucking crushed it with Stranger <sighs> in the Alps. She she definitely crushed it and crushed I, it. She just missed the top ten for me. She was just Oof. outside of it, and I I mean I don't know if there there are there are a number of songs, and we'll we'll get to it later. But there are very. Do you hear a knocking? Hmm. Okay. Sorry. It's like I think it's like my downstairs neighbor. I apologize. That's uh, fine. We get it. Are, you're in, you're in the city. <laughs> there are a number of um songs that last year that were written and released and they were just fantastic and i don't think there's a, a very few songs that are more perfect than Demi Moore. i think that song is oh, outstanding it's so I, good it's such a good song it probably i only found out about the album at the end of november when uh jacqueline did her um vinyl a day um challenge and she put it in her like albums that she really enjoyed for the whole year and i was like this is a really cool album cover and i've been seeing it a lot i should listen to it and then (laughs) instantly fell in love with it and if i had given it more than a month um probably would have been in my top 10 yeah uh jacqueline what was your number six number six was someone who was very much robbed at the Grammys, in my opinion, and someone we we the world does not deserve of how their, of their perfection is SZA's control. SZA. I thought that album was oh, so artfully and just just perfectly done, and she got across so many messages that were so important. And I mean, it's just so it's just so you know. I mean, Top Dog Entertainment are just ridiculous. They totally completely crushed 2017, and this is one of those. And she just her and SNL performances with like the orchestra were like mind blowing. I think she's fantastic. That album was the shit. Like it was so good. That was another one that I like. It was tough. Like like I said, like 50 to like pretty much like like my number 50 to number 15 on any other day probably could have been rearranged and like I only gave her 20 and like I could have like gave her such a higher rating. I kept coming to that one because one, I didn't know who the hell she was until I started seeing the album pop up on like everyone's feed and I gave it a quick listen. It is 
a sexy, unapologetic album. She's just straight up throughout from beginning to end and is thoughtful on it. It's beautiful. Like, like Jacqueline said, art. It feels like a very artful hip hop album um, that it feels like expert level. And this was what her debut album I think yeah. her full, full length, yeah, it was like her debut full length, and it was just so, it was just unreal. Yeah, no, she she had been like on the radar for a while. Like I had mm-hmm. known who she was for a while just because like I love Kendrick and I love Top Dog. So like mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, who's this person on that label that really hasn't dropped anything? Like let's yep. wait until she comes out with something, and then like she dropped a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, she's just like a a force of nature. It's on. It's just unreal. Chris, what did you have at six? Number six, I had Incinerary's Thousand Mile Stare. Yes! Yes! Fucking <laughs> socially. This was in my top 20. Sorry, not my top 10. Top 20, though. <laughs> Some socially charged hardcore punk for a, a time that truly needs it because, I mean, I do a lot of, like, um, social awareness slash like like political stuff and i just thought it was perfect and it's funny that i kind of ignored incinerator for a few years because i'm like uh i don't really like want to listen to hardcore anymore and they were like in that new wave of hardcore and i'm like "Eh." and they did a uh, they did a theme song for a a wrestler down in uh wwe's developmental uh called nxt and uh I was just like, who for, is for Alistair Black? For Alistair Black, yes. Yes. say I his know. name. <laughs> say his name, Ron Ron Wrestler. Um, but um, I'm just like, oh, what is this? And then I ended up listening to their first full length, really enjoying it. And then shortly after, a Thousand Miles Stare came out, and I'm just like, hell yeah! Like like all the songs are just like politically and socially conscious, and I'm just like. Mm-hmm. I can get down for this and it kind of reemerged like a love in like hardcore for me. That's awesome. That album was actually, it was very, very good. And I'm not usually, you know, into the, the New York hardcore stuff. Um, usually it's like, you see that and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. But th- you're right, Chris. Like it was very, it was very well done. And like, it was so charged in a way that we needed to have kind of like this messaging sent across and it really I haven't I haven't listened to it in a while I think I listened to it like when it first came out which was like what the first half of 2017 I believe and yeah yeah, and I I haven't listened to it in a while but I have to revisit it because it like you said it might just kind of reignite my love for hardcore which I still love but you know there's definitely like India's taking my my heart more recently, <laughs> but yeah, definitely a very good album. Good pick. Uh, this was an album that it was like in the lexicon of social justice, like heavy shit this year, like up there with sharp tooth and straight from the path, like really putting messages out there. Like we're going to, we're going to fight back right now. And I don't know. Like I run, to, I ran to this album uh, a good deal as well this year. Um, also listened to it a lot at the gym while I was getting, you know, aggro and talk is toxic as fuck. But um, <laughs> I yelled the phrase "no fucking purity" while running by a family with like three young kids, and I was like, 
<laughs> oh shit, I forgot that there are people around and I did not mean to say that out loud. <laughs> no fucking purity! As I'm like running with like my my top knot man bun. <laughs> Just like, I look like a nerd right now. <laughs> I had so much fun with that album. I thought it was super, super great from beginning to end. And I tend to be on the end of, and I get shit for this all the time in Instagram where like, I feel some bands and some people, some bands in certain genres just kind of do the same thing over and over again. But Incendiary was like, nah, let's, let's shake it up a little bit. And they did. And I really got into it. Okay, time to take another quick, quick break to play a couple more songs just to break up the conversation a little bit. And so you can actually get an idea for some of what we're talking about on this episode because we're just throwing out a bunch of bands you've likely never heard of. If you haven't heard of them, we want you to actually know what you're what we're talking about. So now I'm going to play you some some tunes. Um, one is from Kindling, the song Destroy Yourself. Uh, and then you're going to hear some Incendiary, the song Still Burning. And then Phoebe Bridgers with Motion Sickness. We're counting down our top 10 LPs of 2017 with Jacqueline O'Connell and Chris Rosanina. So we're breaking into the top five. Top hey. Five. Um, so from for my number five, breaking us in, the other album that surprised the hell out of me that I 
would not have expected to be in my top 10 eight or so years ago. Paramore's After Laughter. Yes! Yes, bitch! <laughs> it is... It is the album Haley Williams needed to write, and it is the album that affected me more than I expected. And when the first time we listened to it, it was a beautiful 70-degree day in Seattle, Washington. Katie and I were driving around Seattle for my buddy's wedding, and we put the album on, and we were like, oh, shit, this is fun. And we got through one full listen. I was like, that was a really wonderful album. Over the next few months, I would learn how earth shattering depressing it was. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone else? (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, it is the definition. Like when you think about, and when there are some bands that have described their albums like this, or their way, their music sounds as uh, sad songs you can dance to. This is the epitome of that. Yes. I will say more about this later uh, as it is on my list as well, but my reaction probably tells you where on my list it is. (laughs) (laughs) But I I agree. It is the album that Haley Williams needed and wanted to write. And it was, it was beautiful. I loved it. Also, also a feature by Aaron Weiss, which like that will always melt my heart. Yeah. I love, I love Aaron Weiss. Um, Yeah. So you both gave me flack on Instagram for putting it in at 25. 25. And I think that's 25. what... 25. 20. No, 25. 25. So free. I know. Which is, like, I think what kind of spurred the decision to do this chat. Um, <laughs> Seriously, my earliest so you... draft, my earliest draft only had it as low as 12. So... <laughs> I, uh... So I actually have a cool story of how I ended up listening to it because I've never been a Paramore or like Feud by Ramen fan. And me, Craig, and our friend Courtney were driving to New York to go see Thursday. And Craig put it on and I instantly fell in love with it. I was like, what is this? This is phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. And like I kind of had always shied away from Par- Paramore even though I know this is not what they sound like previously because I've heard some of their stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, ah, a new Paramore album? Okay, I'm just going to ignore it like I normally do. And That's what just... I planned on doing! <laughs> yeah, and then, like, I just loved it because, like you said, it's depressing as hell, but, like, I can shake my ass to it. It's so <laughs> satisfying. It is. Chris, where did and, you put uh, it five? Number five, I put the Menzingers after the party. Um, okay. I I kind of like what the Menzingers do with, like, kind of, like, their brand of, like, Gaslight Anthem, like, punk meets Bruce Springsteen kind of things. They get very sentimental about, like, like, them being older and the area they live in, and they talk a lot about being a punk in your late 20s, early 30s, and that's where I'm at, and just, like, there's a lot of lyrics that just kind of, like, speak to me and they just they happen to be like one of my favorite live bands and i really enjoyed it after the last album kind of left me very meh about the band and the singles leading up to the release of after the party it was like kind of like i don't think i'm gonna like this album and then it came out and it was something i consistently listened to 
you know, I didn't get to listen to that one, but it, it sounds like, um, I mean, I, I, I like that type of music typically, you know, on a, just like on the bass level. I just think it's, you know, it's good music. Honestly, this sounds like, I have to ask my husband because my husband Brian likes the Menzingers and really enjoys their music. So I wonder if he listened to it. He's kind of like one of those people who's like stuck very much in the past. When it comes to music, like doesn't listen to any new, new music. But from your description, Chris, it sounds like it would be something that he would enjoy. I haven't really ever been on the Menzingers um, bandwagon. Uh, I did really enjoy this album and I, I'll be 100% uh, transparent. I forgot about the album on many early drafts. Um, <laughs> and it took Scott Hayden, Baseball and Music, to remind me of the album because <clears throat> we were in a tech, yeah. we were just tech, we were just texting, and he was like, "Oh, Craig, where did this end up on your list?" And I was like, "Oh, fuck, I forgot about that album. I need to go back and give it a quick listen." And I did, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is fun. It's a fun album. Yeah. Um, like I, I get exactly what you're saying. It's sentimental and a lot of good. Pu- I like punk that is sentimental. Like I like punk that is sentimental of punk. Like like Beach Slang and Homeless Gospel Choir, who just missed my." Uh, top 10 as well but um or just missed my top 20 actually but i like that kind of punk that is like very sentimental of punk itself and this is a punk podcast so fuck yeah um (laughs) no it's 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 great for like those like the the dudes that are just like being like ah crap i have a family or i have a legit job and i still want to go to the bar and (laughs) i still gotta go gig yeah, I still gotta go gig. Like, like when you're 30 and still in like random people's basements watching music sets. <laughs> My buddy Casey, if he listens to this, Viva Listeria was just telling me about how he went to a basement gig that Animal Flag was playing in Portland, Oregon, and he was by far the oldest person. But it wasn't a school night, so he left to go to a liquor store to get some alcohol and then came back to the gig to just drink so that he could fit in. (laughs) (laughs) And Casey's like 37 and a high school teacher. And it makes me so happy. Oh, Oh, that just made me so happy. (laughs) Oh, Jacqueline, what'd you put at five? Oh, number five. uh, We're, we're back to my bias. So another six, one, three, one release, uh, Sammy Lanzetta's or Avery EP. The EP. Um, that EP is phenomenal. Um, I, 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 it was, it's really hard to pick like a favorite song and, you know, to pick a single off of that was really difficult, but you know, the, I just, it's so good start to finish. And I'm really, really excited uh, for what's next for her. Uh, She's currently doing a a couple dates here and there. She's got a few dates um, in Richmond where she, where she lives um, in February she was just in New York. I just saw her. So I'm just really excited. I think that it was a great statement and uh, the story behind why it's called for Avery. I don't, I don't, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys know, but you know, it was like her friend had a baby named Avery and she was like, I want to write an EP that is for when she's growing up to listen to this in like, really think like in just for her and grow as growing up as like, you know, a female in, in society. And so I thought it was really really well said and I love the story behind it and just all all four songs are killer yeah it it was super great and I was thankful that Joey sent the tracks over to me especially when we shared the album uh, on the podcast when it first came out I think at the end of October 
Um, and I was just like blown away. Like it's a very raw EP. Um, it's quick. It's in your face, and it's very um, personable and and earnest. I really enjoyed it. And honestly, I cannot. I, like you said, I cannot wait to see what she does with a full length. Yeah, excited. Did you get to that one, Chris? No, I completely missed it because um, I remember when uh, we were talking through text about, like, our lists, and uh, Jacqueline posted, like, Sammy. I'm like, who the hell is Sammy? Like, I have... <laughs> I'm surprised no... that you missed it because, I mean, I felt like I, I tried. That makes me... I'm, I hope I'm doing my job correctly. <laughs> Dude, this, this is good data. This is data consumption. like data. data. Yeah. I thought I put... I put... <laughs> a lot even on my personal account so i'm, I'm bummed that you missed it i mean i must have been hot I, I literally i don't understand how i would have missed it because like because of the goddamn algorithm like yeah. like mm-hmm. you're one of the people that pop up uh like jacqueline craig pop up on my time like my instagram like pretty quickly but that's mm-hmm. also because like we like i think i've the, the algorithm probably works on like the fact that we both like we all three of us like talk to each other on instagram a lot yeah. So it's, it like realizes that we're actually friends. So they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, hey, let's actually show that." And I'm surprised it wasn't. And then like there was, I I bet you there was like an album cover too in like your list, Jacqueline, on that like the graphic you did. That I was just like, "Hey, that looks really cool," but I have no clue what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd really enjoy it. So it, we've it's good. Time. It's I mean it's quick. It goes you know it's only four songs, but it definitely gives you a taste of like style and who she is and like you know what she's all about and you know like craig said also it's just really exciting to to kind of you know think about and speculate like whoa what's going to be like the full length i think she's going to do a really wonderful thing so yeah frick yeah chris chris what'd you have at four? Oh god it's it's depressing oh it's depressing. i think i know what you're talking about too yeah it's uh mount aries a crow looked at me oh yeah um that album's a lot yeah um i know as i saw a lot of people's list this year um for anybody listening that hasn't listened to the album it is about um phil Olivium, who is mount airy um it's about his wife passing of cancer and then mm. his... like aggressive like it came no. out of nowhere yeah and um he instead of like grieving in like silence or anything he immediately turned around and wrote an album in several songs like he talks about how many days have passed days have passed since she had passed away and oh, like god yeah and i i'm gonna stop crying um oh my gosh <laughs> i actually saw him live and it was like the, the quietest show I've ever seen in my life that at like halfway through he like cracked a joke and just, <laughs> just to, to break like, the tension like, <laughs> yeah just to break the tension but like yeah it's I saw it on a lot of people's list and they were just like yeah like I could only listen to it once because it was like so devastating and I listen to it like every couple of weeks because it's just like I'm a, a masochist I guess but like <laughs> It's, really... it's 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 a beautiful album and like it's it was his way of grieving this and like when i got the album physically i read the latter notes and it broke my heart even more Ugh. he wrote it 
in the room she died in with, with her, her pens and her paper. Use her guitar. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's rough. I have like a requiem for a dream rule sometimes, where there are some pieces of art, like some movies, some albums, some shows, where it affects you so much that there's really no need to listen to it, watch it, experience it again. Because it's just always going to live with you from that point on. And that's how this album is for me. And in terms of an album that's hard to judge, it's also hard to judge someone who wrote such a personal album. I wrote a really personal EP this year about loss as well. And so I appreciate this album so much because I got to learn so much from how to write about grief. And it was truly affecting. And I also have the vinyl that I got over holiday and I actually still haven't listened to it because it's just sitting there and I'm like, I need to be in the right mood. I I mostly bought it if I need to show it to someone and kind of like why I own the movie Requiem for a Dream in case someone wants to watch it. (laughs) No, I'm a masochist and like, I'm glad that like I've gone back to it several times because like I've caught so many different like things that he says or like, certain guitar parts that like even though it's just like him and a guitar and very minimal instrumentation you miss certain things because like it's yeah. just like you're crying or like you're just like <laughs> wow this, this broke my heart and then like you go back to certain things and i was like holy holy shit i didn't get to that one um but I, it was on a lot of people's list i don't know how i missed it like i didn't even see it until people were putting it on, the, on their end of your list which it was everywhere and um you know, I was like, I kept reading about it. I kept reading everyone's reviews and their, you know, analysis of it. And it was just like, oh my gosh, do I really want to listen to this? And Chris, <laughs> your description of it, uh, it, it's a good, like, warning because there are some albums that I just can't listen to sometimes if I'm in a certain mood or if I'm going somewhere. And sometimes if I'm on the train and I'm really pensive, like, I'll cry, like, in public <laughs> when I listen to music. Oh, yeah. This is all like a... I'm going to, like, shut off myself into my room and listen to this, like, because I don't want to see, I don't want anybody to see the emotional mess I'd become after this. Yeah, I'll have to, like, I'll have to do it on a day that I can just, like, sit with it and not, like, not, like, a work day or anything like that. So, I, uh, so that was a very helpful description of how, how emotionally charged and, um, I mean, I had read, obviously, the story behind it, but it was, that's a, that, that's a very strong statement, Chris. Yeah. What'd you have it for, Jacqueline? Number four. Number four is Kendrick Lamar's Damn. 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 Um, I wow, this one rotated so like my top three or four rotated a lot last year. Um, I mean it was like at by the end of the year as opposed to like in, you know, March or you know, even in the summer, it's t- it was totally different. So to land on these like final four was like surprising but also just like yeah okay i could see that because i listened to i listened to damn when it came out <laughs> i think like three times a day <laughs> same, <laughs> seems, same. Excessive, but yeah it seems excessive but you know what it was just so good and like you know even if i paused it i could like go to something else and like pick it back up and be feel like totally the same feeling that i got from it so i just thought it was so well done and like I loved that it had like this mixtape quality to it with like you know um 
Kung Fu Kenny, like that kind of stuff. Like, I just think that was really cool. Like how that was added. Kung Fu Kenny. Yeah. I think that was really, really awesome. Like nice touches to it. And, um, you know, similarly to, to scissors, obviously well-produced top dog entertainment. Um, but it also had a lot of really great messages and, um, you know, to Pippa butterfly, like you said, and I loved untitled unmastered as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was, I wasn't expecting a record from him. Like you said, uh, Craig, but I, I loved it. It was yeah. fantastic. I think it's a great album. I like what you said about like the shuffle because I, had damn at like number three for a good chunk of my year and then like i listened to it like consistently if you go on to like my last fm it's probably like my like third most listened to album of last year <laughs> and i just eventually kind of like not fell out of love of it because i still love the shit out of that album but um yeah i know i like the whole mixtape thing i've already kind of talked about it but it's phenomenal and it's crazy how to think that like it can something can go from like your number two to like number 10 like once you finally sit down and make a list yeah and i think that like you know it came out earlier in the year as well so there was a lot that happened in the back half of the year which um for some uh for some people was really important and some people added stuff in that was from like december and i don't know how they did that but they did it and um it definitely came out like i said it came out in the beginning of the year and it was really um it's sitting with you for so long and like, you know, it rotated so many times on my list. So I'm not surprised Chris that it kind of like rotated back and forth for you. And I mean, this, it all, it also kind of rotated around for me too. I was kind of back and forth about a lot of stuff, but I think that's the nature of lists in general. Sure. Um, so number four for me was Manchester orchestras, a black mile to the surface. Um, this album I did not like it first, to be honest. Uh, it, I, uh, my first listen through, I was like, eh, okay. I was hoping for something a little bit more like, I like when Manchester Orchestra goes like big and loud. And after Cope and Hope, I was like, I felt they were kind of phoned in, even though the Hope, Hope doing the like chill versions of the Cope songs was really cool. I just would love like some sort of like combo album of the two. But the this album, I've seen Manchester Orchestra like 14 times. They're like my favorite live band. And seeing them play the songs live, me going back and really ingesting the album, because they are one of my favorite bands, I really wanted to like focus in. They're, they're a band that I think just has so much creativity. Um, and they took their time for this one, so they didn't sound phoned in. And it is truly a beautiful album and unlike two of my other like favorite bands that put out albums this year circus survive ended up around seven i think it was 17 um i didn't put a whole lot of like i'm not one of those people that just because they're one of my favorite bands i'm gonna put them up at number one like at the drive at the driving came back this year and i think theirs was still in the just just out of the top 20 and it was a great album but this album is really beautiful in a lot of ways, and uh, I'm glad I was patient with it. Oh yeah, I mean it was a it was a beautiful album. It was on my top 48, and um, I always, I just like I like everything that they do. You know, I'm not like they're not in my favorite fans mm-hmm. of all time, but I always love um, you know Andy's storytelling, and I think you know very similarly with this album, it was also wonderful storytelling, and I liked the 
the curation and like the flow of the album. So yeah, there was a really it was really well done, and um, I'm glad that you you went back to it and you weren't just like you know one of those fans like oh it's my favorite band oh they put out this album on the first list and I didn't like I don't really want to go back to it but you really did put in the time so that's that's great and that doesn't always happen and I'm glad that you're sticking true to you like you know similar mm-hmm. to you Circus Survive is one of my favorite bands and they didn't make it into like my top twenty and that's yeah. okay but they made it on top forty eight and it was a very good album but I'm yeah. I'm glad that you you stayed true to Craig. <laughs> did, you to, did you listen to it, Chris? Um, I did. I, um, I actually really enjoyed it. It was probably the first album of theirs I've enjoyed since, um, uh, like a virgin losing a child. Um, Manchester just kind of never really clicked with me outside of that album, and then kind of seeing like how much love, um, the new album came out. Um, when the new album came out, seeing a lot of love from like people that I really respected their music opinion from, I was just like, all right, I'll, I'll give this a listen. Um, and I enjoyed it and should have gave it more time. If I would have gave it more time, it would have been in my list. You know, I'm not one to admit when I'm right, but Chris does need to give Manchester Orchestra its proper time, as I did. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of... In Between Spins, we're counting down our top 10 LPs of 2017. We're still not done. There's going to be a whole other segment of this conversation later this week. We're going to get into our top three. Nine more albums still to talk about. Nine more for me, Jacqueline, and Chris. You'll get that later this week. I want to thank Chris. I want to thank Jacqueline. You can follow them both on social media. Uh, you can get Chris at underscore C dot roses underscore on Instagram. And you can get Jacqueline over there on Instagram at Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N underscore O'Connell, O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L on Instagram as well. You can follow me as always at Craig, Craig Bidedman or at Edupunks Pod. Uh, and if you want to get more information on uh, things you heard in this podcast, please go to the show notes. Uh, everything is linked there. I hope folks enjoy the show notes. And we'll be back in just a few days with the last segment of this first episode of In Between Spins. And then you'll get a whole new episode in about a month. And then next week we'll be back with a brand new episode talking with some folks about the world and punk stuff. Good, good shit. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, I'm going to leave you with three more clips from songs, including Sammy Linzetta's Circles, Paramore's Idol Worship, and The Moth by Manchester Orchestra. So let's get to those. And until you hear from me again, let's get to work. <laughs> 